From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for uh, May 16th. It's the eight-year anniversary of my graduation from college. Wow. I bring that up because one of my QU buddies is with us on the show today, Mr. Kyle DeMann in court to talk the NBA playoffs. Hello, sir. Hey, Jeremy. Eight years, huh? That's, uh, yeah, I think I'm like ten. Yeah. <laughs> If not more. <laughs> We're old. Yeah. We're old. All right, my friend, what has been more stressful, the NBA playoffs or planning for a wedding? Or exciting. Or or exciting. Just, just you know, take it how you want. Well, believe it or not, I mean, it hasn't been too bad planning for a wedding so far. Um, I mean, I'm pretty organized. I like to think. I like to multitask. Um, I have control over most things, which I like, so... Hasn't been terrible. NBA playoffs, no, they've been fantastic, but I don't have control over it. Would I have liked Indiana to beat the Cavs in the first round? I would have loved that. <laughs> I would have done anything to have that happen, but unfortunately that didn't happen, and here we are at the already Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the fiancé was kind enough to give you control? Kudos to her. Well, control as far as making a list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as far as my control goes. <laughs> um, but no, we got a pretty good balance, we, we pretty good compromise on pretty much everything. So it's uh, so far so good. Peace. I like this peacefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, well, all right. You you may get your wish in seeing LeBron go down with with the Celtics. Why has this worked in over these two games? We've got a guy in LeBron who dominated the first two rounds, and I've said for a while that I thought he would run out of gas at some point, but I thought that would be in the finals, and I thought Boston without Kyrie and Haywood would uh, be a weaker opponent um, than the Raptors were for the Cavs, and lo and behold, Scary Terry, uh, which is, I I can't even uh, believe I'm saying that on the radio, uh, Scary Terry, Horford, and that gang has really exposed the Cavs' weaknesses. Why has this happened? You know, honestly, it's effort. I mean, Boston is your typical grind-it-out, going to work hard every single play, and they're going to make you work. Cleveland has shown zero effort so far in the first two games. I mean, that you know, first game was obviously a shock probably to most people it was to me. Um, second game, you know, I'm figuring, okay, LeBron typically has a bad game one, then he comes out and wrecks house in the second game and everything is good. But they showed zero effort. Um, again, yesterday, which if I'm a Cavs fan, everybody can say, oh, I'm not worried, I'm not concerned, it was, off, it was on the road, but you should always be concerned about a lack of effort when we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, if you can't bring your effort at this stage of the playoffs, then there's something's up. And you could talk about team chemistry, you could talk about a lack of leadership, you know, you could talk about a lack of talent, which, again, I, I'm tired of that excuse with LeBron and his team. That's, that's a lot of crap, personally. I mean, if you look at Boston, they're not filled with talent. You know, they got two young players. They got one's a rookie, one's a second year player in Brown leading the way, and then a journeyman kind of with an Al Horford. He's a good player. He's an all star, obviously, but he's not a dominant force. So, I mean, it's a lack of effort. It's plain and simple. Um, and, and obviously, I forgot Jalen Brown. All the Celtic fans listening to this will get mad at me for forgetting that. His development and how he's been able to take this big role has really been um, fascinating for me. The fact that this team has been able to continue to score um, and continue to play at a high level without all these key pieces and have guys 
like Jalen Brown, play like a five-year or six-year veteran in just his second year has been really impressive. No, absolutely. I mean, Boston is the sum of their parts. I mean, they are, you know, a well-oiled machine. They're led by a genius basketball mind. And Brad Stevens, I mean, everybody knew when he came from Butler that, you know, he was going to do some terrific things. And he's, he's starting to find his groove now in the NBA, and he gets guys to buy in. I mean, it's like I said, they're not the most talented group by any means, but they buy into the game plan, they execute the game plan, and they're efficient. And they work hard every single play. I don't think they take a play off. You know, if you watch the games again, it's very rare to find a, a one play, one single play where Boston takes off. I mean, they are hustling. They are grinding. and They're working hard. And, you know, you look at the other side of the ball with Cleveland, and, yeah, I know LeBron left a little bit last night with that, that neck strain, and maybe that contributed. But at the same time, it's like, dude, if you're, you know, one of the top three, top two players of all time, you've got to find a way to get that done. I mean, no excuses at this level of the game. It's a neck strain. You didn't break your leg. You didn't pull a hamstring. Play. I mean, that's what you're paid to do. That's why you are one of the greatest. So uh, you got to give Brett Stevens a lot of credit in the Celts, but again, they, they haven't lost the playoffs at home um, so far. And you know, They took care of business the first two games, but this series is far from over. From an X's and O's standpoint, what is Boston doing? How have they been able to expose uh, Cleveland's weaknesses and go on runs like they did in the third quarter when they basically, or, or sorry, the very end of the second quarter and the third quarter, where they flipped that game completely? Yeah, they're just they're making really good in-game adjustments. I mean, they're you know they're getting that rebound, defensive rebound, and they're sprint, they're you know sprinting on the floor right away. They're not letting Cleveland get set up. They're getting ahead of the defense in transition. I think a lot of that is just poor effort like Cleveland's transition defense, LeBron included. I mean, LeBron's a very poor defender. I mean, I, I've been saying this for years, his, especially, you know, his rotation defense. He doesn't really rotate. Um, they're just beating him down the floor. They're simple as that. And, you know, Stevens has them moving the ball. Um, very good pick-and-roll offense. They're creating space. But, again, a lot of this does have to do with Cleveland's defense. I mean, they're missing rotation. There were several occasions last night. I don't know if you watched the game where Boston just had wide open guys on the three-point line. I mean, wide open. So they were missed assignments. They were lack of rotation, poor rotation, and can't do that in this at this stage of the playoffs. No, you can't. Um, if you're Ty Lue, um, what do you do? Is it is it simply just telling people play harder? I mean, is it is it simply that? Because uh, uh, let me back up for a second. On paper. Coming into this series, how did you see it? I had Captain six um, at the most. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was Captain five. To be honest, I just, you know, me personally, I, I've seen this this story before. We all have, and we've seen how it how it's ended. Uh, I just didn't think Boston, and to this point, they've done a great job. But I, I, they didn't have enough firepower. I mean, they don't have really that guy. You know, Rozier's a good player, sure, and so is Brown. But, I mean, are they that guy you're going to get consistency every single game? I just didn't think that. And, plus, you know, LeBron, been here before. He knows he knows what it takes, and he, he knows the stakes. So, I mean, everything I thought going into the series, I've been completely wrong so far. But, again, like I said, now the, the, you know, the script will flip a little bit. They'll go to Cleveland. Boston's going to have to take another, you know, first quarter blow. They have to sustain that because you know Cleveland's going to bring up their A game, you would think. Um, and again, one loss now for Boston. That flips the narrative again. There goes that pressure shift a little bit to the Celtics, and they've never been in this situation before up too well in the Eastern Conference Finals with this team. They never have. And uh, the, the 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 other thing um, about it is is uh, you wonder if you wonder 
if the Cav players start thinking, if we don't play better, LeBron's going to leave in the offseason. And that this could be our, our last moment. And for some of these guys, this could be their last chance ever at a title. No, absolutely. And, and you know, if they are thinking that, then shame on them. Because, I mean, they really shouldn't be thinking about that right now. I mean, their focus should be on how do we win a game in the series so that we, we don't get lapped off the floor. And if you're LeBron, I mean, I get he's been doing what he's doing. He's, you know, he's playing great as usual. But there's other areas of the floor where he needs to be better. He's... If you look at last night, I mean, he kind of took a step back in that second half. He wasn't nearly as aggressive. His defense was very, very poor all game. He's, you know, barking out orders, which I get that's his role, but lead by example. Make plays on both ends of the floor. Don't just be that guy. And there were several occasions that, you know, on a rebound last night, LeBron, these guys would just go right by him. I mean, just fly by him. He's not getting back in transition at all on defense, and that's a problem. And when you have your superstar, your best player doing that, it kind of sets the tone, and there's almost this animosity amongst them, almost it looks like on the floor. They just don't like each other right now. You know, I think Kevin, G- Kevin Love is always a scapegoat, which I think is wrong. Um, I think Kevin Love kind of got in a bad rap since he's gotten to Cleveland. But he played pretty well last night. They just, they got to find another third option from somebody. I mean, they got some offense from Kyle Korver early on, but, um, you know, they, they, they need something sustained. And, and Tristan Thompson can't be missing defensive assignments either because he missed a couple last night, and that's not going to help your cause either. How does this series end up? Oof. You know, uh, I really still want to say Cleveland. I do just because, like I said, it's LeBron. I mean, it's, it's really hard to bet against him, especially at this juncture. Um, you know, he usually dominates he usually dominates the Celtics, you know, career-wise. He's always played pretty well against them. But, you know, you're talking about winning the next four out of six. Um, it's possible, don't get me wrong, but this game three is obviously a must-win for Cleveland, and they have to come out right away and punch Boston in the mouth and actually keep them down this time. They, they had a good start last night, but they did not keep them down. So uh, I'm still saying Cleveland. I really am, and maybe it's the dumb pick, but, uh, you know, until someone beats LeBron, it's still hard to go against them. Um. Talking with Kyle DeManincor, I got something in my eye here. Uh, Kyle DeManincor here on teeing it up with Jeremy Schoen. Let's flip to the West. Um, is is this has this playoffs been really simply a case that the Warriors did not care about the regular season, and as soon as they started caring again, they looked like the Warriors of old. I think this year, more so than the past couple of years, it was a case of the Warriors not caring as much. I don't want to say that. I don't like using the phrase "not caring." I think they were just more cautious. Um, they realized they didn't need to completely dominate the regular season like in years past because they just, you know, they, they value health. I mean, they played so many games over the last three, four years, but eventually that catches up to you. So, you know, they were really cautious this year in the regular season. Obviously, Curry got hurt a couple times. And they rested guys sporadically throughout, but, you know, they've, Curry's done a great job of really utilizing his bench. Kevin Looney has become a really good rotational player. Um, he's, he's really developing. You know, you, you know what you're going to get with Iguodala and Livingston. Um, Nick Young will give him some good minutes every now and then. You know, so and there's some guys that are not even playing. I mean, Jordan Bell doesn't get any playing time. Caspi doesn't get any playing time. I mean, Cook. These are some good players, but they're so deep they don't really need him to play. Javel McGee. I mean, this is you know, they're just so talented that they knew they could kind of take off a little bit in the regular season and prepare themselves for this run in the playoffs. So my thought coming into this series against the Rockets, where the Rockets might be the better 
offensive team, and and and, and they were the better offensive team during the playoffs. If 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 the Rockets all fired on all cylinders and the Warriors were just a little bit off, I thought the the Rockets had a better chance because of their consistency over the longer haul of winning some games. I was more, I was most concerned about the defense because you can't be in 140 to 120 shootouts every game. You're not going to win every single one of those if that's the shootout you're in because either Curry gets hot or Durant gets hot or Clay gets hot and suddenly you know you're just in a 100 plus shootout that you don't want to be at. Um, but I thought that if both offenses were even, um, the Warriors better defensively would would win out. And what's happened, or, or, or what happened in game one, but I, I, I think what I've seen over the last couple of games, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, is Kevin Durant and company have decided to play defense again. And when the Warriors play up to their defensive strengths, no team is going to beat them. Not the Cavs, not the Celtics. So they had all their pieces. When the Warriors play defense, they are the best team in basketball, and it's not even close. Oh, 100%. I mean, their their rotations are by far better than any team in basketball. I mean, Boston's are obviously pretty good, but they have so much length, you know, in every position. And even Curry, say what you want about Curry as far as his defense goes. He's at least out there. He's at least on the ball defending. Now, he's, he's clearly weak. He's clearly smaller. You know, he, there's several times in game one where he just got completely owned, <laughs> whether it was in the post or off top. I mean, several things where he's just on the ground. I mean, there was a five-minute stretch where Curry was on the ground seven out of ten possessions in a row. I mean, he's just a, a weak defender. That's not his game, but he's out there making the effort to at least make somewhat of a challenge uh, for the offense. But, you know, it's not so much about their defense. But, um, we know that's going to be good. I mean, they're, they're a smart team. They're well-coached. But they have something that no one else in this league has, and that's Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant is the equalizer. He, he's the guy that can completely neutralize any team because of his offense, the ability to shoot over players. I mean, I, how many times in game one would he just get the ball in the post and just shoot right over the guy? Not that it was bad defense by Tucker or whoever was guarding him, but he's just too big. Too big. He's one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer we've ever seen in this league, especially at his height, seven feet with a wingspan of, what, seven three, seven four, and the ability to pull up from 26 feet and just shoot. He's the guy that completely neutralized any offense or any defense. You know, he's the guy that they just need to give it to him in the post and let him do his thing, especially from mid-range right now. The one thing I would um, disagree with you about Curry on is that Curry may not be a, a great prototypical defender, but because of his speed and his quickness, if you mess up your handle or have a loose handle or if he can just get in there for a steal, he will be on he he will be down the floor on a fast break before you can even realize what's happened. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's Curry's got great hands. I mean, he's got very fast hands. He's always been one of the top guys in steals usually every year, but. When you've got him isolation one-on-one and you're a bigger guard, you know, you're going to body him up 99 out of 100 times. Um, it's, it's just that simple. But when it comes to health defense, Curry's fantastic with his hands, like you said, and he gets him out in transition. And, and, that's why, and, and, and that's why I think Curry's defensive strength is, is that it forces you to have to be wary of, of your dribble at all times because of, of his quick hands and, and, and his quick reaction time. What did you see in Game 1? What do the Rockets have to do down the line in this series to keep it close? Well, I mean, the Rockets played well, but, I mean, they, you know, if, if Harden's not on or if, if Paul's not as aggressive as he needs to be, who's their third guy? I mean, who's going to get them shots as a third player? I mean, Capella's obviously not that kind of player. Warriors did a great job of taking away their airspace in Game 1, not giving Capella all those alley-oop shots. Um, and Jeremiah Green, 
I was watching it specifically, especially in the beginning of game one, his box out by Capella. I mean, you want to talk about fundamental basketball if you're a young kid, you watch Draymond Green's tape from game one. Not to be arguing, obviously, but you watch the way he boxed out Capella. And then I mean, that's, that's what you're trying to teach all these kids, is that fundamental basketball is blocking out. But, I mean, for the, for the Rockets, you need to find a third option. I mean, can Eric Gordon get going again? I mean, he's kind of a shell of himself. They get nothing from Ryan Anderson. He's kind of falling off the rotation. But Reese is a good player, but he's not going to be that third knockdown shooter option for it. He needs, you know, space. He's one of those type players. But it's just, I don't know if they have enough firepower. And before the series started, I said, you know, I think Warriors in five or six, to be honest. I really, you know, I know Houston's great. They're an all-time great type team in the regular season, but... This is not the regular season, and the Warriors have been here before. They they want this. I mean, everybody's been talking up the Rockets pretty much all year, and I think the Warriors take that personal. I mean, first time starting on the road in the you know in the playoffs, and they take that stuff personal. They they hear what people are saying, and they like that challenge. And for me, um, and and for for my money, what is most intriguing about the Warriors and and the fact that they are just that that good, and the Rockets are a great regular season team, but the Warriors, when they're when they care, are this much better in the regular season. Is I think this is the NBA Finals, and I think if they get to the actual NBA Finals, they will roll over whoever winds up there. Oh, one hundred could be a sweep. I don't think I think whoever makes it from the West should roll over whoever gets there from the East. I mean, I think they're that much better those two Western teams compared to the East. It's not even remotely close. I mean, I don't care if it's LeBron. I don't care if it's the way the Celtics are playing. I don't think either of those teams would have a, a legit chance. But, again, you never know. I mean, if one injury changes everything. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, I'm just hoping to see another great game tonight with, with the Rockets and Warriors, and it, it should be great. Is is your prediction Warriors in this series and then Warriors uh, to win it all? Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, you know, like I said, I had the Warriors in about six. Um, probably in this series just because of the home court. I don't anticipate. Personally, I think the Rockets are going to win tonight. Um, I think they get their seasons on the line. I mean, you can't go down 2-0. I mean, Golden State going back to Golden State, I mean, that's a death sentence. So I think D'Antoni's going to figure out some adjustments. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, too, obviously, if Golden State won. I just think Houston has more of a sense of urgency to win this game. And, you know, whenever it comes to the finals, I mean, with either team, I, it's either going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. Ah, they'll just give them one game just to make the fans of that team happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, couple things. Where do you think LeBron goes? Right now, sitting here on May 16th, where do you think he goes? If anywhere. Man, I mean, that's a tough one. I think for him to have to stay in Cleveland right now, they'd have to have some major changes again. I mean, they, everyone thought they re, you know, they had this major roster hall, overhaul in, in the, you know, the trade deadline, which they kind of did, but are they getting any help from any of those guys right no. now? No. Really. Not really. So, and I know, I think LeBron personally getting sick of Kevin Love. I mean, I just don't think they, they mesh anymore together. And it might be good for either Love to get out or for Love to be away from LeBron. Um, it's tough, honestly. Who knows with LeBron? I mean, don't rule out Philly. I know it's that sleeper wild card, but he really is close with Ben Simmons and Embiid. And then, you know, I, I talked to some other of my friends. My brother mentioned, don't sleep on Miami. I mean, why, what's to say LeBron's not going to go back down to Miami and play with Wade? I mean, who knows? I mean, that's that's another sleeper spot, I think. I think D. Wade's going to retire, frankly. He might. He might. But who knows with LeBron and Wade? I mean, maybe when they traded Wade at the deadline, there was some kind of 
know, who knows what they are up to. They're always up to something. I mean, remember back when they first got together, they planned that for a while. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that the one team you did not uh, mention there was the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Lakers, who really knows what the Lakers are doing? I mean, I think Paul George, he's going to go to the Lakers personally. I think it's kind of been the worst kept secret in basketball for a while now. I know that he did well with OKC, but I think he just wants to be in L.A. So I think they're going to go after George and they can run with another guy. But, you know, it, I think Kawhi Leonard will be the first domino be honest, and then whatever happens there, it's, ama- it's amazing that a part of that Spurs culture might be fraying, and that somebody might be leaving. It would, it would. If me personally, Jeremy, if it was if me, and I've been telling my friends this. I think Kawhi's staying. I think Spurs are just too good not to figure something out, um, and he's going to have to turn down a ton of money to leave the Spurs, and you're going to have to trade into someone who's got a ton of assets to get back. So that'll be interesting. But I personally think he's staying. And also, in, in regards to Paul George, the most important thing in that in that Laker conversation is that the Thunder did not have a very good run. If you think about it overall, they 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 never really became a force to be reckoned with. That was still the Russell Westbrook show. Oh, agreed. And if if George leaves, OKC's in trouble. I mean, you're not going to get anything from Melo, but OKC's in trouble. Yeah. So and but but. It, to that point, if if OKC was a temporary resting stop, I don't think anything that happened in 2018 changed that status. I agree. Um, I totally agree. So and so, this is where I'm going with this. If if LeBron either stays in Cleveland or goes to an Eastern team, if Kawhi and and stays, and if George goes to the Lakers, does anything that happens this offseason change? The dynamic in the West. Can somebody unseat the Warriors, or is this still Golden State and nobody will get close? No, I mean, what if LeBron goes to the Rockets? I mean, they've been floated out there for a while. I mean, they'd have to lose some pieces. I think Capella would be a potential piece they'd have to lose. I mean, I think he's a restricted free agent. You know, he's going to be heavily touted by several teams. So you imagine LeBron with Harden and CP3. I mean, that's. Right, no, no, no. I, I, uh, uh, this is on the assumption that LeBron stays in the East. Obviously, if he goes West, you know, this whole yeah, calculus he, changes. He, no, there, there's no one that can touch Golden State. Yeah, so, circle back, because as you know, I like to come full circle in these chats. Um, it's, it's, the, it's one of the few talents I, I have. I can bring <laughs> chats full circle. Um, what are we watching? Starting in a couple of weeks in the finals, are, are are we watching literally a team that by the time we sit down twenty years from now, even if none of the pieces are as good as Michael Jordan, we are seeing a dynasty as good or surpassing the Jordan Bulls, and maybe up there with what the Celtics did way back when. Is is that what we're staring at? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we might already be there to be honest. And you know my love and affection for Jordan and the Bulls, but I mean, you know, that this Golden State team, especially in today's NBA, I mean, we've never seen anything really like this. I mean, this collection of, of talent and superstars, it's pretty unprecedented. Um, and, you know, the run that they're having right now, it's pretty remarkable, and it'll be interesting to see once Clay's contract is up, what's going to happen. I mean, he even just said recently, I think he'd take less money to stay. I mean, they, they value the title, you know, as opposed to money some of these guys, which is great. I mean, Clay's your ultimate team player. 
So, yeah, well, I don't think we've really ever seen anything like this. To be honest with you, I think the comparison is to the Patriots. There's a culture thing with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Say what you want about him. Whether you like him or not, there's a culture thing. What Steve Kerr and Bob Myers have built in Golden State is a culture everybody seems to want to play for. Sean Livingston could have gotten more money somewhere else by now. You know, he proved that he was healthy, blah, blah, blah. He has found a nice role for himself. He likes playing there and has stayed. No, you're right. What we're seeing now, this, this Warriors team is the new Spurs. Yes. It's that, it's that culture. It's that consistency year in and year out. I mean, you got to remember Kerr is cut from the top of its tree. Um, yeah. Everything that they've done, they've kind of mimicked after the Spurs. And we've seen how long the Spurs run has been, and it's been pretty remarkable. So we're kind of in that new era now where Gold State team is a new Spurs, but probably better. I'm going to throw a wild one out there for you. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is May 16, 2018. Popovich takes over as the coach of the USA basketball team. I have no idea who's going to be on that team, if any of this prior class of, of guys, the LeBrons, uh, probably not Wade and, and uh, Mel's already stepped down, but the Currys and the um, Anthony Davises and the Westbrooks and all these guys who have been there. I don't know if it's them or I don't know if it's more the Embiid's, Ben Simmons's, um, who's not a U.S. citizen, but but this kind of new wave, the Atentacumpos, even though he's not a U.S. citizen, but like, I am making a fool of myself here. Um, <laughs> but but this new wave of NBA stars versus the prior wave of, of NBA stars, who are still stars, but have played on, on USA teams before. If something about Popovich coaching them makes them want to come to San Antonio or wherever Popovich goes or whatever Popovich is doing, and if a collection of those guys can unseat the Warriors... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, that's kind of a, it's a good co- topic of conversation. I mean, people mentioned that before about how all these players love playing for Pop and, you know, USA basketball. They love it, you know, just love being around him. I mean, he's such a smart guy. He, he goes beyond basketball with him, and I think we don't give enough credit to that, and especially to the NBA guys today. They're smart guys. I mean, they know what they want, they're businessmen, and they want to be surrounded by that. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see if, Maybe LeBron would join Popovich, or you know some of these other guys that really truly want to play with him, play for him. But at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen with Popovich. I mean, yeah, he'll coach USA basketball probably, but who knows how much longer he really wants to coach in the NBA? I mean, yeah. we may get be getting towards the end of the Popovich era, you know, which is crazy to believe because he's been that standard for so long. It is. Uh, sorry, excuse me. It is crazy to. Think about how long he's been there. That that run goes back to the Kobe days. The, yeah, for a long time. The Kobe wearing number eight days, not the Kobe wearing twenty four days. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, we talked about. Well, now to really come full circle, we started this talking about when we graduated from college, and Kobe wearing number eight really dates you. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So we've. <laughs> We've come full circle. Kyle DeMancourt, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. Welcome back on the show. The real world separates us more than it used to. I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm always appreciative to be on this. You know, I love talking basketball. It's pretty much all I do, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Soon you'll be a father, and then you'll be talking diapers and nap oh, times. And yeah, let's, we got to pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here before you know it. The wedding will be here before you know it, and then the babies will be here before you know it. 
Well, then I'll have to just spread my basketball knowledge to my kids. Well, I, I, I if if you do not get any basketball gifts for for this baby, something is horribly wrong. Oh, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Thank you, sir. All right, thanks, Jerry. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on Teeing It Up.